Well, hello, everybody. We're back, 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 back again. It's the Prime Subjective, <laughs> a Star Trek podcast where we discuss, um, you know, what our favorite colors are. Just kidding. We talk about mm. Star Trek and also our favorite colors and whatever else comes to mind. Uh, with me, as always, I'm Chris Newcomer, your host. And with me, as always, we've got, who's it going to be? Carrie coleman Henners. Oh my God, we're back again. <laughs> yeah. And we've yeah. got we've got Michael Henley. We're back. We're back. <laughs> and as I said, I'm Chris Newcomer, Eugene Chafar. Good to see you. Um, <laughs> Emphasis on the Cheen and the and Faw. And the Faw, yes, correct. Eugene that's one of those Chafar. And uh, that's what we'll be discussing today is the seminal wonderful i don't know if seminal is the right word for it but the wonderful star trek movie uh star trek next generation movie insurrection uh which i have watched probably mm, eight nine? million times the ninth star trek of all, nine of all star treks i think maybe star yeah. trek nine yep. yes it but is, it is star it is trek nine. three of of next generation ones right yes. it's mm. yes generations first contact uh, insurrection nemesis nemesis -y? Yep, it's uh, Generations, First Contact, Insurrection. This Nemesis. is 1998, so maybe, yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, sounds about right. Well, before we jump into discussing this um, classic of the genre, um, you can guess my opinion on it uh, from that description. Classic. Uh, <laughs> let's mm -hmm. check in. It's been a little while. It's been almost two months, I think, since we've recorded. So yeah. let's check in with our wonderful panel of Star Trek enthusiasts. Michael Henley, how are you doing? Well, dear fellas, it's been such a, you know, it's, it's, it's been incredible the past two months, just how much has changed in the world <laughs> in me with me personally, with, Ooh. uh, you know, everything. Um, this is, uh, this is a. Yeah. Correct. Last time Nothing we talked to you. Yeah. Last time we talked to you, you were saying you were how stressed out you were. Are you, you were. Oh, well, that, has, that definitely hasn't changed. Um, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Holidays out of the way, so a little bit less stress. More stress at work, so more stress. So, um, but uh, we, I think right before we last spoke, um, I was planning a trip with my uh, significant other to go up to New York for a day. Oh, yeah. Um, which we had a great time. We went to see Hades Town, which is delightful. Um, and uh, it was just kind of a, a, a quick New York trip and back, basically, which when when you live in Philly, you know, if you play your cards right, is no big thing. Oh, but yeah. it's Chris, but it was Christmas time and it was lovely. We went to Bryant Park and we went to Sightsee and we went to 30 Rock and all the stuff that I haven't done in years and years. And so it was just, it just felt really, really good. Um, we're also planning another trip up next month uh, because I got my significant other tickets to go see Merrily We Roll Along and also oh. see Todd. I knew you were yeah. gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. I was like, <laughs> when? When are these two gonna bring up "Merrily We Roll Along" in this podcast? <laughs> it's so good. It's <laughs> so good because it's gonna happen. We bring mm -hmm. it up in every podcast. Well, may, may I ask a, a question about your "Merrily We Roll Along" tickets? Where are you sitting in the theater? Do you know? Um, would uh, I would have to double check on that. Basically, um, kind of in the balcony, I believe. 
Did you, did um, you, when I went, I did a thing where I said, oh, partial view will be fine. I think that's totally cool. And then I forgot that probably a lot happens, um, you know, mm. upstage left, which I couldn't see at all. <laughs> and literally there's one moment where they all turn facing upstage left and they're like, can you believe it? And I'm like, I really can't because I can't see what's going on there at all. I you like right behind a, like a, a column and you just well, you're like, like a, you're like kind of behind column. a column of like, of lights. Yeah, and, and then we were like at the front of the, front of the mezzanine but like right mm -hmm. behind like a, a light bar so i think you know. I, I i think we're not obstructed view i'm pretty sure we're kind of square in the middle so, so then um, are you in yeah. massive debt now because of the tickets you purchased that are not yeah. obstructed view is that uh, you know i mean <laughs> nah i mean it wasn't that bad you know it was, okay good. plus you know uh something we wanted to do for a while and everything yeah. so you know uh never you know never have i had fewer regrets about spending a whole bunch of money so good. uh no very excited that's great well, and, and Carrie Coleman Henders, how are you doing? Yes. Well, let's see. 2024 started off pretty good, but then in February, we got a little sick around here and we're all on antibiotics, blah, blah, blah. Oh. But because of that, yes, we've all got like, he's got like an ear infection. I had oh. like a sinus infection. It's so um, I said all that just so that I can say that I was watching a lot of cartoon movies in the past few weeks. Okay. A lot of Pixar and DreamWorks and uh one that I really the two that stood out to me that I like the best. I'll just talk about those is um uh Vivo, which is a Lynn Manuel Miranda uh yeah, heard of him movie. Mm -hmm. Don't remember when it was it, these movies came out. And another one that is an Adam Sandler movie called Leo about a lizard, which I didn't oh, think yeah. I was going to like, but I actually liked it. So um, those were uh, things worth mentioning. Excellent. And you're, you're beginning, you're feeling better. I know, I know you still sound a little, a little bit sick, but I think you're feeling better. Yeah. Are you beginning to feel better? Yeah. I mean, I just, I have a cough. So if I laugh too much, I'll start coughing. So, oh, no. don't, so make don't, me be funny, don't be don't funny, Michael. Don't be funny. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's my secret. I was oh. born unfunny. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true at all. Uh, have I, uh, Michael, have I told you before that you sound almost exactly like this other podcaster to a podcast that I listen to weekly? And so when I listen to him, I feel very soothed because I'm just like, that's my oh. buddy Mike on this other podcast. Aww. Well, I'm flattered. Um, Thank you. Which yeah. podcast is this? Uh, it's uh, Couples Therapy with um, oh. Naomi Ekperigan and um, and Andy. Andy's the one you said. Mm. Andy's also from like, from like he calls it the Rust Belt. He's from he's from Pennsylvania. 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 Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't think I, you're from there necessarily, but you know, you're from Pennsylvania at least. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, my dad was from the South, basically. So I always have a little bit of that, you know, kind of thing in me, basically. So um, despite being a Philly boy, uh, I do not I know I know this podcast. I know of this podcast, although I have not heard this podcast. It has been recommended. It's so good. No, they're they're wonderful. And they talk about like they have a guest on and the guest will talk about their relationship to therapy or couples therapy. And they'll listen to some caller like people will call in or write emails and they'll give advice but it's it's both funny and heartfelt and uh and this guy sounds just like you so uh it's very good excellent well thank you yeah you got it um how are you i'm good yeah. i'm good i'm uh, i'm uh, uh yeah it's been it's been 
a good couple of months, uh, you know, just mostly, mostly good things, you know, good start to the year and, um, feel like, you know, we're always improving our, our house. We moved in together in July, so it's been nice getting more things and being able to entertain, um, some like not so great news, like my, uh, one of my good friends from the theater world, a person who's sort of been like a mentor and, um, uh, a person who was kind of the reason I got to do so many cool things uh, passed away. Uh, oh, Cheetah wow. Rivera, who was the woman I did a Broadway show with in 2015. Um, and yeah. I was, pretty, you know, uh, I, was, I was friends with her, you know, and so it was very oh. sad. She passed away um, about oh. two weeks ago um, at yeah. 91. And it's weird to feel oh like a, it's weird to be shocked that a 91 year old has died, but she just felt very yeah. immortal to me, you know, had so much life in her. But um, we were able to go up and wow. Paul and I went to to her. They had like a visitation or a, it was like like kind of like memorial or a viewing. Um, so we got to sort of be with uh, old friends and and say goodbye and all that. And um, and then suddenly I ended up talking to the Catholic priest who was there to like do the prayer. And then he was like, "So are you still you're still doing shows?" And I was like, so "Suddenly there, I'm telling this Catholic priest at Cheetah Rivera's funeral about musical improv." And I'm like, oh, "What a weird world." <laughs> I live it. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, so we do this thing where we make a musical from scratch. And he's just like, <laughs> like the, the priest is just zoning out. I'm like, okay, maybe he's I can. Like, I, he's like, I was just asking to be polite. Yeah. I don't. He's like, really you've already ask. introduced me to your boyfriend. Do we have to go through more indignities here? Like what's happening? <laughs> I asked, but I didn't really, really want to know. You know. <laughs> no, he was, he was actually very nice, but it was just okay. one of those moments okay. where I was like, why am I, why am I telling this priest about my improv team? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> at Rivera's funeral. Oh it was a very God. strange, strange moment. But um, but also it's like a showbiz funeral. So I'm like, we're there, we're mourning, we're with friends, but also like Brooke Shields is there. <laughs> it's a very strange. Gosh. You know, your brain is like, I'm mourning, I'm sad, but also like, wow, look at those people that are famous. Um mm. but Paul got to meet a lot of the people that uh I did that show with with Cheetah, and that was nice because they're like my theater family. And he got to meet John Kander, who wrote Chicago and Cabaret yeah. and all these wonder, wonderful, amazing things. So that was really cool, too. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's sort of been like the, the main thing that's been going on the past couple of weeks is just sort of like adjusting my brain to the idea that she's not here anymore. But um, but other than that, you know, I th things are are mostly very good. And um, yeah, I think but that's that's what's going on with me. Why don't we stop talking about us, though, and we should start talking about star trek but before we get to insurrection there's definitely been trek in the news yes since um since we last spoke i've got one which is just about um we've got a, a release date for discovery um but do, do, do carrie do you have any other ones or anyone else have any other um trek in the news they want to talk uh, about it was just the release uh, the release dates for the new shows so yeah yeah well yeah I mean, i'll, I'll yeah. just let, i'll just read a little bit about that um so yeah, it was in uh, Discovery. Its final season uh, will premiere with two episodes on April fourth uh, on Paramount Plus. And I just like this description of season five could almost describe like many other seasons of the same show. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth and final season will find Captain Burnham and the crew of the USS Discovery uncovering a mystery that will send them on an epic adventure across the galaxy. They've done that at <laughs> least four times. <laughs> They're like copy paste. That's like the description yeah, for our podcast. Like right. it's not going to change. Right. Yeah. Well, to be fair, if they if they went on an epic adventure where they stayed at home, that would be weird. That's that's true. That's true. But also it's like a, a, to find an ancient power whose very existence has been deliberately hidden. Isn't that sort of like uh, what was that thing that they had? The um, what the, the thing, thing from last from last yeah, season? Yeah, um... two seasons ago or yeah, the, the big thing. 
<laughs> I really have retained it well. <laughs> mm. I'm you sure it's I mean, gonna. I I'm sure it's gonna be great. You know, like that. You know, like where we 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 enjoy discovery on this podcast. The one thing I will say is that you know, hearing again, basically, well, it's a season long story about this epic thing, basically, where a huge threat is happening, basically, with secrets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it does make me feel a little bit just like. Couldn't we have like a season where it's just like one off, like smaller stories? But I'm I'm sure they will do that, basically. Yeah. You know, like sometimes like sometimes the sweeping like mega arc, you know, it's not Discovery's fault. It's like every show does this. But there's a moment when, you know, sometimes I'm just like, oh, can we just bring it down a little bit? Just a little bit. You know, let's let's. You know who handles that really well? They always do a sweeping mega arc, but they also do these like. I feel like Doctor Who almost every season manages to do the sweeping arc while still. Yes. Giving us these little character-driven one-off mm. episodes, or yes, or just ways to fall in love with, um, you know the 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 yeah. current um, uh, what not writer companion of the doctor. Yeah, there you go. it's mm-hmm. true. Um, and then, or you know, they'll tease the big finale throughout the whole season. You know, or they'll just like add little things. And oh, by the way, this guy is still hunting you down. You know yeah. what I mean? That's that's that that's the older like 90s model, I think, which mm-hmm. I think Russell T. Davis has especially said he's inspired by like the Buffy kind of model where it's like, you know, mainly self-contained stories, little sprinkling of like how it kind of, you know, kind of ties together. And that's always my comfort zone when it comes to a show like this. I just yeah. I, I just really like that particular blend. Yeah, no, I uh I definitely agree with that. Um, well, but well, we look forward to to seeing it and and, oh, and yes. reporting reporting the Star Trek to you as it comes to us. Right? That's Did, our. Is there a release date for Strange New Worlds yet? That will uh, come out there after is, Discovery, right? There, there is not. I think they've only started just filming it again because mm. the writers strike. Yeah, and mm. the actors strike. strike. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All the strikes. Yeah, Discovery. Strange I think strike. they everything was shot before both strikes. I believe. Yeah. Um, in local related, um, uh, Star Trek news, we are going to, we should go to that diversity and inclusion con that's right here. And it's going to have like, you know, some, all yeah. Carrie's favorites are going to be there. I think we, I both think both the, um, my boys, are your you boys, about my boys. Yeah. The, yeah, um, the Delta Harry. Flyers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Tom yeah. I think they're going to be Tom and Harry are my boys. And I think my girl, Kate Mulgrew is going to be there. Oh um, Yeah. Uh, but I did see, and so Robert Picardo's karaoke experience already is sold out. So we've missed oh, out on that, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> I'm like upset, but also a little relieved. Yeah, I'm like, because <laughs> from what it, from what it sounded like last year, he was like giving people like pointers on how to sing, and I was like, I, don't, I love you, Robert Picardo. Uh, I don't know if I need that from you. I already yeah. have a master's degree in that. And yeah, I don't really need yeah. That. <laughs> I'll take I'll take his advice. You'll take well, his advice. They- if they're pointers to sing exactly like Robert Picardo, then I mean he would be the expert. So he would. If you want to sing like a yeah, like a mm-hmm, we'll just leave it there. Maybe my cosplay will we go, I'll be dressed as that opera singer um from that episode who's like giving him all that attitude on the holodeck. Yeah. She's like, Are you are singing oh, yeah. it wrong? Like I'll just dress like her and be like, see if he even yeah. recognizes the uh, we gotta, like we gotta come up with like a couple's costume, like uh three, like what like a three <laughs> like a three a, a podcast three, thruple costume. A thruple, yes. a thruple <laughs> costume. I like that. <laughs> the trinars will be the trinars. Uh, three, three, three binars. <laughs> <laughs> zero, one, zero, one, and here's a curveball. 
two. Two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll have to we'll have to brainstorm. You know, I already have the Beverly Crusher costume, so yes, we can we can figure out a number of things. And I've got um, Commander Riker, and you know, we could we could definitely. Uh, and you know, this con is not specifically for Star Trek. So if we wanted to break into other sci-fi right. and fantasy realms. I could break out my right. my Witcher costume if I wanted, or right, or we could I could be a giant worm. We could all be a one big worm, no? Or we could no. be one big worm. Like I mean, Ooh. like, do you remember that? You see, I've ever seen Never Been Kissed? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, Lily Sobieski's mm-hmm. character is like, "We're we're we're a we're DNA strand," and she's just like in a bodysuit at the prom. <laughs> <laughs> That's so it's very fun. funny. Um, well, why don't we why don't we just discuss? I'll give a little description of this movie, and then we can discuss uh, how we feel about it, and uh, and let's go from there. So let me pull up my absolutely lifted from Wikipedia description as always because I'm not great at preparation. Uh, and here we go. So. <clears throat> Lieutenant Commander Data is temporarily transferred to an undercover mission observing the peaceful Baku people. He suddenly malfunctions and reveals the presence of the Joint Federation Sona Task Force observing the Baku. Admiral Matthew Dougherty, as he says it, uh, contacts mm-hmm. the USS Enterprise E to obtain Data's schematics for recovery purposes, but adamantly states the Enterprise's presence is unneeded. Captain Jean-Luc Picard ignores orders and takes the Enterprise to recover data. Captain Picard becomes suspicious when Dower T insists that the Enterprise is no longer needed and orders data's malfunction to be investigated. The crew discovers that the Baku are technologically advanced with warp capabilities, but have rejected its use for simpler lives. Due to unique metaphasic particles, always the way, right, Uh, Mm -hmm. emanating from the planet's rings, uh, the inhabitants are effectively immortal. By contrast, the Federation's allies, the Sona, are a decrepit race who rely on medical technology to delay death. Um, Excessive (laughs) cosmetic surgery gives them a mummified appearance. Uh, The Enterprise crew experienced the rejuvenation effects of the planet. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Jordi LaForge can now see without ocular implants. Worf experiences puberty symptoms. Um, <laughs> Commander William Riker and Counsel Deanna Troy rekindle their long-abandoned relationship. And Picard develops a romantic relationship with Anish, a Baku woman played by luminary, uh, luminous uh, actress Donna Murphy. Oh, yes. Oh, the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh- uh, Mother Gothel from Tangled. I mean, she's been in a million things. She's center stage. She's a big Broadway actress. Mm-hmm. I saw her in Hello, Dolly. She was great. Um, Data and Picard discover a submerged and cloaked Federation ship containing a gigantic holodeck that recreates the Baku village. Data's malfunction stemmed from a Sona attack, the result of his accidentally discovering their vessel. Uh, Picard confronts Dougherty and learns that top Federation officers colluded with the Sona to deceptively relocate the Baku to another planet, allowing for the particles to be collected on a mass scale, poisoning the planet in the process. Dougherty then orders the Enterprise to leave. Picard defiantly retorts that the particle's medical benefits does not justify Dougherty's plans for the Baku and it violates Starfleet's prime directive. Uh, Picard and some crew help the Baku escape abduction while Riker moves the Enterprise to transmission range to communicate the violation to Starfleet. The Sona launch robotic probes to locate and capture the fleeing Baku. 
the Sona leader, uh, Adar Ruafo, they've they've never had more unpronounceable names than these two guys. <laughs> There's so many apostrophes in these names. I was like, yeah. I was like, Adar Ruafo. These are like lifted straight from Dune. Um, Adar Ruafu, played by F. Marie Abraham. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> of Amadeus fame, uh, convinces Dougherty to allow two Sona ships to attack the Enterprise, but Enterprise escapes. Their plan exposed, uh, Ruafo insists upon harvesting the radiation source immediately. Picard, Anij, and several Baku are transported as prisoners onto the Sona ship. Dr. Crusher discovers that the Sona and the Baku are indeed the same race. Picard then informs Dougherty that the Sona are a splinter faction of Baku who abandoned their bucolic existence a century earlier and embraced technology. Their attempt to seize power failed, and the Baku elders exiled them from the planet, denying them the ring's rejuvenating effects. The Sona developed an artificially imperfect means to extend their lives at the cost of disfigurement and now seek revenge. Ruafo kills Dougherty after he reneges on their plan and moves to complete the collection. What a death it is, too. It's yeah, like, oh. I just got chills thinking about yeah. it. Like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. While Gross. Picard is prepared for execution, he convinces the dissolution Sona, Gallatin, to help him stop Ruafo. Uh, Picard masterminds a ruse to transport Ruafo and his bridge crew to the hollow ship and disable the harvester. Uh, Ruafo discovers the deception and transports to the harvester ship to manually restart the process. Picard follows and sets the harvester to self-destruct, killing Ruafo just as the Enterprise um, rescues Picard. And as that happened, I just thought my brain sucks to be you, Ruafo, as he's just being yeah. beamed off at the same time. Uh, the remaining Sona are forgiven and welcome back by the Baku. Picard arranges a meeting between Gallatin and his Baku mother to thank him for his help. The crew takes a moment to enjoy their rejuvenated selves before returning to their previous mission. Um... Did they just completely skip over the part where we where um, Donna Murphy teaches Picard the power of being in the moment to stop time? They didn't talk <laughs> yeah. about that at all. In they this. didn't talk yeah. about that. It's like a weird little addition to like, oh, now they also have super power. Okay, I get that the planet is keeping them young forever, but they also can stop willingly time. stop time. <laughs> With their minds and live in the moment, okay. but it's Picard a bit can of a stretch. do it too. Apparently, well, it's yeah, because well, yeah. it's an it's it's really a theater thing. It's all about being in the moment. And Donna Murphy, right. a noted sure. theater actress, is the one they chose. And Picard, yeah. being also from the theater, no, I get it. When you're totally it. in the moment, time just time stretches. Stops. It stops. Yeah. yeah. Like when um, a joke in an improv it. show fails, and it just seems like one moment is forever. <laughs> As no one is laughing. <laughs> and, and then you go, what up, bum? Yeah, and then Take you go, my oh. wife, please. <laughs> <laughs> Stage left. Even. And then you yeah. leave. And then you leave, yeah. Or I like to make just a big <laughs> fart sound and get out of there just to see if that'll do anything. <laughs> Goodbye. It's a good one. So, oh, so okay. Gosh. Where I, do we start? Where do we start with this? Why don't Where we start do we with start? each of your personal, because this is a movie that I think we both, we all grew up with. I'd love to hear like when you, you know how you or you you know I don't know if you grew up with it but at least you've watched it long before this uh, discussion mm. of it. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear if you liked this the first time you saw it and if it feels different watching it back. So it came out the same time as A Bug's Life so I kind of remember A Bug's Life more. <laughs> uh A Bug's Life is back in the culture right now because there's this there's this drag queen on um, this new season of RuPaul's Drag Race, who 
out of drag just looks like the ladybug from Bugs Life, just a beautiful oh, wow. like round face. So everyone's just posting these photos of them. So it's like back in the back in the zeitgeist. Yeah, well, I mean, I had it must be because I was just randomly thinking about this movie the other day, and it just now it's just coming up. I can't stop it. Um, uh, what was the question? The question was: So, did you love it when you first saw it? And is it does it hit differently now, or is it the same? I don't kinds remember. Of I mean, honestly, I don't remember the first time I saw this. I remember watching it uh, years later, either renting it or whatever, watching it in my living room. But I don't and liking it. I remember liking it. It has that same vibes as The Voyage Home, which is one of our favorites. Yeah. Our, our three, the our favorites. Yes, we the three can, of us. The royal we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and they did that on purpose. Now that I've read a little bit more about it, they wanted that same type of uh, vibe. Yeah, a lot more um, lighthearted kind of. Yeah, a more lighthearted thing. So, and it does, uh, and and obviously, it does feel like. A, another episode of the next generation which yeah. you could take that as you like that or you don't like that but right either way that's what it kind of feels like I, but i like i like that i like the um the little bits of humor mm -hmm. that are in it i think it works with uh this movie jonathan frakes directed it and it, he always does a great job he did first contact too right um and uh i i i appreciate like uh, the captain wearing that funny thing on his head um this was a little <laughs> just these little side um jokes what is the other um data is like and have you noticed your boobs getting yeah right more uh rounder <laughs> whatever what's the, it's sort of a classic thing they'll do where like they'll mm -hmm. use data will be like it's a typical yeah. joke that would be done on a sitcom with like a child repeating something they mm -hmm. heard from an adult uh -huh. but yes. instead of a yeah. child it's data yeah. <laughs> yeah i guess my my biggest criticism with this movie is the use of data like oh data's malfunctioning again oh yeah. data's broken oh we gotta fix data oh we gotta figure out what's wrong with data oh and then data saves the day um and and makes friends with a child. Don't forget, which and is what he, which they made the clear child. is the only thing he wants. This whole oh, movie yeah. is to become friends Him, with that kid. Right, <laughs> that was his thing. Um, so I guess that that's my biggest, my personal biggest criticism, which is not the biggest criticism that other people have. Michael, sure. What do you think? Yeah, Michael. Well, yeah. So I remember seeing this movie in the movie theater. Um, and this is this is kind of an interesting period in Star Trek, I guess, because this is uh, I think it's like the fifth season of Voyager, the final season of DS9. It's the movie after First Contact and all this. It, it, it It's starting to feel like um, maybe there's just a tiny little bit too much Star Trek going on. Uh, because it, it, in a way, this is like right around the time where I started to like not jump off because I was there for a while, but I started to kind of ease back a little bit as mm -hmm. opposed to like the first contact years, like where I was just like, I am all in all the way. Um, so I remember being kind of cool to this movie. Uh, I didn't dislike it whatsoever. Um, but I remember, you know, um, uh, you know, thinking that it was trying to trying to do something. 
that I almost felt may, maybe was better suited for like a DS9 style story because it's very much about um, Federation yeah. uh, flaws, basically. Um, mm -hmm. And I felt that, you know, the next gen, like, like there's a lot of really fun humor in this. I feel like this movie kind of bites off a little bit more than it can chew. Um, but I feel like time has been really kind to it. And, and one thing I reflected on even then See, the next generation movies are very interesting in that they are very much they have a lot of action in them in the way that the TV show did not like generations first contact this one nemesis um this one is the I think the only one that actually tries to also do a kind of classic Star Trek moral dilemma because none of the other next generation movies really kind of do this. Um, and I give it so much credit for that. I think it, it, if it bites off more than it can chew, it bites off something really interesting that I wish it could chew, you know? Um, because I think that there's a lot going on here involving, um, you know, kind of Federation complicity with something very serious the idea that maybe the Federation is kind of maybe sort of kind of rotting from within, which kind of puts it in conversation with what was happening on Deep Space Nine, which I don't think is an accident. Um, you know, there's the data, the, there's the data stuff. There's the Picard love stuff. There's Donna Murphy, um, uh, who is awesome. There's F. Murray Abraham. Um, okay. But I feel like. I, I remember we'll get into it, but I remember always being kind of disappointed that the central conflict of the move of this movie, which is that we need to wake the Federation up to what it's doing is solved yeah. off screen by Riker basically just saying, well, we left the Briar press and patch and talked to the Federation. And they said, oh, we're going to look into this because um, mm -hmm. I just feel that's mm -hmm. kind of unsatisfying. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, it implies so, it yeah. implies that the Federation doesn't know yes. what it is all do. like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like I, that. I think it would be more. I feel like it's the more risk, realistic solution that Admiral Doherty, if he were still alive, would just get a slap on the wrist and, you know, they would kind of keep doing that. Maybe that's too cynical. I know. And yeah. maybe that's a bigger story than something like this movie can really mm -hmm. tell. But um, and it's like and maybe we live in a more. Would, yeah. Maybe we live in a more cynical world than we did when this movie came out, too. Oh, I definitely think that's true. I think yeah. that's for sure true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Beverly just did a quick uh, scan and realized that they were the same race. She's really good with a tricorder. Yeah, you know she's how like good so she is good at with that. The yeah. How did this never come up before? I've I, I I've always kind of been a little bit puzzled by that. Yeah. Well, I I think that. Yeah, I guess they. I guess probably the the um the Sona were, I think, as they said, she brought them on board and they were refusing to be examined. And I imagine that's what had happened up to that point mm. until she was able to examine one of the ones yeah. who had passed away. Yeah, I guess mm -hmm. you can't force an examination. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, they do say that. Yeah. I, I uh, you know, I, yeah. I think, sorry, n not to ramble on, but I, I think that, like, one thing about this movie, too, is that I feel like, so there's so much going on in this movie that feels you know, that felt very relevant in 1998. You know, it feels relevant throughout history. It feels relevant today. Yeah. Um, mm. Because there's, you know, uh, in, involving, you know, forced relocation and there's mm -hmm. a dash of, mm -hmm. you know, implied ethnic cleansing. Right. And, mm. Picard know, does of... talk about it. Like the mm -hmm. darkest periods in our history has been what have been when we forced people out of their homes. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And when when does when is it uh too much? Like, Wait, when is the number yeah. too? Yeah. When is the when? number too high for you? Right. Yeah. Um. And I wish the back the the, the Baku the Baku feel kind of underdeveloped in this movie. Yeah. And I feel like we got a little bit more. So there's Donna Murphy, who is great. And then there's kind of everybody else. And they're just kind of. Who all look like they're there. from Napa Valley. Yeah. They really yes. Play. They it's not, really a, not, a, not a person of color to be seen, except for it the. It does suffer yeah. from that 1990s and probably not just. 1990s, well, I've even seen a video like, where, where, where Riker, where Jonathan Frakes himself is like, yeah, an insurrection. There's no people of color in that movie. And then I think one of the, I think they was what with, um, Someone else from like uh, Lower Decks, and they were like, "You directed that movie, <laughs> like, yeah? Weren't you kind of involved in the?" <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think I his, probably to his point, like, yeah. it was like there are blinders on to to, sure. to your own ing- ignorance. Sure, and I yeah. think that's yeah. Speaks mm-hmm. to it. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to. Be, I, I I realize this is kind of a weird thing because like I'm trying to the, the the characters who are the victims in this movie. I wish they I wish they you know were more <laughs> sympathetic victims or something like yeah. that. That's not what I'm saying, but like I, I wish they kind of popped more a little bit as characters they, they they seem very they seem very passive um yeah you know um we catch them playing hacky sack at one point they feel very well they're <laughs> playing like, like really multi, multi-dimensional hacky sack, yeah. <laughs> advanced yes. hacky sack. That, that's a great joke that i feel like is not intended to be a joke when when, yeah. when beverly's just like their hand eye coordination is incredible <laughs> yeah it's yeah. almost really... it's almost from like a national lampoon's yeah. kind of movie <laughs> vibe it's like I, I really want Picard to look at her and be like, Beverly, like, come on. Like, I mean, I, like, this okay. movie has, okay, so that just reminds me because that was clearly a, C, a CG hacky sack because kids oh, don't yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Kids don't do that. Uh, that's not, a, that didn't seem possible. No, I don't um, think so. But this is the first Star Trek movie that did the completely uh, CGI um, yes. space battles. Like previously, they would have models. Mm-hmm. And incorporate models with CG, uh, but uh, this is completely CG. So it got some if, good, um, got some good street cred for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good accolades for that, and also Frakes is directing. Um, no, I think I it, think Frakes, Frakes does a good job. I and um. When I, I mean, I first watched, I, I was, this is part of my de- devotee years, my like deep devotee years, I think. And I, mm-hmm. I remember the criticism of this movie. I think, yeah. I think all my straight guy friends who like also like Star Trek were like, it's boring. And it, didn't, uh, like, yeah. and it felt like an episode. And I was like, I loved it. It felt like an episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think, I think what gets lost in that conversation is it doesn't feel like just, just any episode. Like it feels like a good episode of Star Trek and Generation. It feel know? like a good that, episode. Is that, that does need to be said because there there are episodes that I would not like to see as movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this one I thought I think, was relevant to has, the length of the story. E- you know, yeah. Even with the obvious, like there's not a person of color in the whole uh, Baku vil- six hundred people, um, it still has aged pretty well. I yeah. would say there yeah, are some moves, so. things from the '90s where you are a little feel a little cringy uh, to watch. <laughs> well, I like there's some references to like how they're supposed to be more high minded because they are so advanced. Um, mm-hmm. 
where they're talking about how their skin and their their, their boobs are getting firmer, and then and then Beverly <laughs> says, "Not that we're supposed to care about those things Not in this day and age." Yeah. 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 Of, <laughs> of course, even though she's like sitting like taut and like yeah. a full dancer, like you know, you know, very well. I do think that was a good um, uh, parallel to the 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 Sona, the previous Baku. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that have been getting that cosmetic surgery like yeah. um mm-hmm. it was an inter- interesting little parallel to have that sort of conversation with the the whole and and for me in the beginning i'm like oh these people are obsessed with um plastic surgery and appearance sure. but then as the movie goes on you realize oh no they're obsessed with prolonging their life yeah. So well, and much. I think they, they they raise the stakes by letting us know mm-hmm. some of them don't yeah. have a lot of time left. You know, you, right. but that one it's scene like, where he's like pulling the toxins out of his neck, my Paul was like, like "I got to get out of here. I can't look at that." <laughs> we cannot. We cannot genetically modify you anymore. Any oh further. my god! Yeah. The they, detail though, like of the stretched skin, and his yes. skin is stretched so tight that he's pop, like it's popping, it's bleeding. Yeah. And then he gets angry, and his skin. Breaks and bleeds. Bleed oh, I love yeah, yeah, that was very good. And it was yeah. so disgusting, but also quite effective. Like oh, you yes. felt it. Like yeah. you felt like that was that was what was happening. Was this Michael it's, Westmore it's, who did the did? Because uh, he did a lot of them. It right? was. It was. Yeah. yeah it very was, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, and I like it too. Like it's not like a huge wound. Like when that happens, it's just right. enough where you're watching. There's just like, oh, that just messed up his day. And it's, um, it's still making giving me. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> It's, I'm sitting you know, here it, like shaking, like trying to brush it off. It's funny how different things like affect people because like it definitely <laughs> is effective. But for me, the detail is like there's at one point there's a close up of Rafo getting his teeth replaced, like with these little prongs oh, are sticking them. up going directly into the gum Ooh. line. And like it is so gnarly. It is so gross. Oh my God. Yeah, anything with teeth really gives me the the ick. And uh, you know what? Dental work is so expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. When you when you have indentured saying. servants built into your culture as the as the Sona do, I guess it's less expensive. I yeah, I, I wanted more information on. That. I did too. Yeah. I was like, can we yeah. also talk about yeah. these people who are forced into? Yeah, and they're just like, uh, there's there's some like reference to maybe that the women who are doing the cosmetic surgery are also maybe like, you know, being sex trafficked or sex slaves it, or yeah. like. But they're so happy about it. They were very yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they they're, love cosmetic yeah. surgery, guys. It's like their thing. Yeah, like, they're really they're cosmetologists they're and they so love it. So into it. Um, it also reminded me, speaking of Doctor Who, um, do you remember it was I think the David Tennant years, mm-hmm. the big the big giant face? Yes, of course. And he oh was yeah. Just, and she's like darling. Yes. Like the stretch <laughs> yeah. that like the big stretched face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's reminding yeah. me of that. Well, that's the same yeah. episode where we meet the face of Bo. The I face think. of Bo. I mean, you're right. Yes. And I believe, not to spoil, but that ends up being another character that we know. Yeah, I mean. The, um... That's true. Yeah. That is a ninth Doctor episode, I think. That is mm-hmm. um, uh, before Tenet. That is. Um... Okay, if you're going to do it that way, you got to be like, you got to push up your glasses. I believe that I is. The, I, believe I believe that, that is the ninth Doctor. No, because, yeah. No, because that's the same episode um, where they're, uh, where it's the. They, they go they to New, New York. Spears. No, no, it's a different one. It's a different one. It's where it's the end of the universe and they're playing Britney Spears' Toxic. <laughs> oh, and, and yes. yeah, 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 yeah. It's yes. a very early episode, I think, of, of the, the new <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, oh, what they're was traveling his to name? see. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, what was his name then uh, before David Tennant? He 
Oh, oh, the, the, oh I, uh, Christopher I Eccleston. Yes, yes, right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's and he right. was like, Chris, he was like, this job is hard and I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. yeah. I was just about to Google list of doctors, but it just came up list of doctors in my area. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> is there a specialty you need? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're all not in network too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys enjoy, um, the rekindled romance between Deanna Troy and, and Commander Riker. Yes. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course. I think that, that's a good. Because, and I think very important because this isn't the next episode where the next there, movie starts, they're getting married. Oh yeah. Getting married, them yeah. getting married. So mm -hmm. it does seem very important. But what did you think about his baby face? I like him at this age. I like him with a beard. Um, I think yeah, a baby face yeah. is meant for a, a younger man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's still. He, he, listen, he's always attractive. He's an attractive guy, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I prefer him with a beard at this stage yeah. of my life. What about you? I like a clean-shaven man myself. Mm. You do. You do. You like a. You, you I like do. A, you like a. You like a forty-year-old Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> I like a Boy Scout. Mm. I I like. Just the beard just compliments Riker so well. Like it yeah. really accentuates like when he furrows his brow and everything. When he's when he's baby faced, it just feels like smiling baby Riker it, kind of. But like. it worked. <laughs> it works for this movie because it went with the theme of everybody uh, feeling and acting younger. Yes. And what better way for him to act younger than the shape of his yeah. beard? Well, I think everyone got to got to stretch their comedy chops a little bit with that stuff, and then and then Jordy got to stretch his dra drama chops and you know show mm -hmm. us that of course he's an, an incredible actor. That was that was nice too. I have a question about this. Speaking of Jordy's eyes, mm -hmm. Jordy in Jordy's eyes. Go in Jordy's eyes. That's the song I'm going to write. Um, <laughs> uh, Jordy had the option to fix his eyes so he could see they he was i remember right. his episode oh you could just get the surgery and he's like no i i would like to be myself I'm like okay cool but then in subsequent episodes and movies they sort he sort of is like oh i'll never see the sunset i'll never no dude you chose this yeah 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 <laughs> but i think he also gives up so much extra data if he like just has regular eyes because he he yeah. was, he's seeing so much more than we see yeah yeah well and and i, I you know I, carrie i don't think you're wrong but I, I i think too in that scene i think it's like one of the very first episodes and i think they do talk about it's it's beverly laying it out like yes there are risks involved so like you know i i think mm -hmm. i think he does it within the context of like if we do this wrong i could lose everything including this mm -hmm. i don't want to do that um, I, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I remember him being more like, "This is me. This is who I am." I, yes, there's definitely. You know, a why lot would of I want to yeah, change so. who I yeah. am? Excuse me, I, I sneeze. Whoa! Oh my goodness! Oh, that was a that was a big one. Oh, and that, I don't know if you can tell from the audio version of that, but I sneeze the way where you close your nose. That's supposed to be really bad for you, but that's just the way that oh, I do it. So it's an inside internal. Oh, it's all internal. It just all goes up, blowing air back at my brain. That can't be bad, right? <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> um, that whole stretch of the movie um, where Picard and uh, and and uh, Donna Murphy. Um, her she her character has a name, but I cannot remember. Anish, Anish, yeah. Anish. Um, where they're walking around the village and it's nighttime and everything, and then he goes to see uh Jordy watch sunrise. That is my favorite 
segment in the entire movie because it's so sweet. I like the way they develop the love story. I love the fact that they take a moment to appreciate the 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 artwork, um, mm -hmm. like the the like the weavings that are being made by by um, by students. The, the yeah. yeah, by the <laughs> yeah. students. Yeah, I, I, I like the fact in that just that one moment it gives you an idea of like the culture that is being displaced, mm -hmm. which I think is very important for the story. I wish there was a little mm -hmm. bit more of that. I really like that moment a lot. Yeah. Um, and I really think that moment with Jordy is very touching and I love this movie score by Jerry Goldsmith and that bit in particular is really wonderful. So it is they're, beautiful. They're, yeah, there's, there's so much good stuff. Well, that's the positive side of it feeling like an extended, uh, episode because yeah. we can explore those details in this full length movie right. that we, we can't really talk about during a, a TV show. So for sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I do. I do. I, I back to your, your previous point. I, I do wish that the other people who were back who were more fleshed out or, or even more different than Donna Murphy. Mm -hmm. It just felt very like yeah. they came out of the Sears catalog together. And I think they were giving village. I think they were giving the Baku too much credit because I'm thinking, yeah, okay, don't displace these people that live here in this beautiful fountain of youth paradise. But at the same time, these people are not indigenous to the area. There doesn't yeah. seem to be indigenous people to this area. Right. Therefore, uh, what claim do they have over it other than they live here now? Um, and that was Dower T's argument, right? That they were not yeah. indigenous to the to the yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can uh, so I can see that uh, argument. I wouldn't say march kick into out. the hills, <laughs> kick them out, yeah, get rid right. of them. But I yeah. would say, hey, listen, we need to have a conversation with these people because they're sitting on like something really spectacular that right. everybody's gonna want. We should be um, talking to them, protecting them, working with them. Mm -hmm. uh, that in my mind, that's what I think the Federation would be doing. Yeah, uh, I, I do think though I think... that the, the Federation becomes the enemy, maybe about forty percent of the time in episodes and movies that we see. Mm -hmm. There's always a bad seed, or the Borg have taken over and infiltrated, or mm -hmm. um, and I I do think that's just a factor of of being a long running. Mm -hmm. sort of sci-fi soap opera is you need like the different mm -hmm. enemies that come in and come out and sure uh, and having a status quo federation doesn't and, and i yeah doesn't serve you know it's definitely story. good to not have blind faith in your leaders yes no sure. matter if it's the federation or right not well yeah, and and I think that it's a very resonant theme to be to be uh, a, a member, a, a citizenry of you know some kind of superpower, and all of a sudden you're thinking, are we drifting from our values? I feel like yeah. there's much more you could do with that. Um, I feel like Dowerty is a character that kind of speaks to that kind of flaw in the movie because, like Chris, you're absolutely right. Everything that you just said, and I feel like I feel like Dowerty is envisioned to. I, I think he's meant to represent um, Federation you know, kind of uh, moral rot or complicity or all that kind of stuff. But the way mm -hmm. they play him, he more represents just kind of Federation laziness. Like they didn't really do their due diligence. Or like bureaucracy. Um, 
Yeah, 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 the lazy bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like that kind of just like, well, we could have a conversation, but it's just so hard. Can we just move them? Let's ally with these guys who, oh, really? Yeah. You, you're you planning to do that with them? Well, okay. Like, oh, really? Now you're planning to do this extra thing? Well, okay. So, well, And just, also, I think yeah. he also is is like, he's like when, when a police officer plants evidence because they think they have the right guy, but they don't have the evidence to do it. He thinks sure. he's doing something for the greater good because of what these yes. particles can do for everyone in the Federation. But it's still a crime. <laughs> you know, yeah. like. it's still it's still a crime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I I always found it really interesting too. Like we were talking about how they're not indigenous to the planet, and Darty says that, and he says, and he literally says the words, "They were never meant to be immortal." Or I'm like, "Whoa, that's so." That's an interesting thing to say. Like just just, yeah. just the they they were never meant to. Like what is what they're is meant your but also by like yeah yeah but What's also your ideology, like, sir. Who is meant to be immortal? Right. Like, who, right. Who, who do you say. decide? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. okay, yeah, no, they ne- they never were meant to be immortal, but also neither were you, and neither was he, and neither right. was she, and uh. So again, that that goes back to my point. Like, so we should be working with these people, not right. you know mm-hmm. killing them uh, because they have some sort of secret fountain of youth. Um. I I I did read that Picard, I mean Patrick Stewart wanted some rewrites. He wanted to do it instead of them marching out through the hills, he kind of wanted it more like um last stand at the Alamo type of feel. Like Oh wow. Uh, really racist um, things. I like that yeah. idea better than what we got, honestly. But then we don't get Almost cave death, and then him using his skills <laughs> to be like, yeah. I guess they would do it in the in the town rather than in yeah. the cave. But yeah, but also like I think yeah. as we well know, caves are very important to Star Trek. Every Star Trek series, yeah, the caves are so important. <laughs> caves are oh very God. important. They're like you know, like New York is to Sex in the City. It's caves to Star Trek. Sure, um, it's like the, <laughs> yes. the fifth character in our. <laughs> yeah, a cave. We should um start to wrap up our thoughts on this as we're coming to the end of our hour my friends do either of you have any sort of final thoughts or takeaways on on a rewatch of this of this film um i i I like it (laughs) i forgot that i liked it no it's just one of those movies that i forgot that i liked it's yeah like i watched it again and then i forgot that the sona were part of the Baku and I was like oh yeah that's <laughs> yeah. right oh that was a plot twist it's a good it's a good late surprise also a very improv show surprise I feel like yeah. actually mm. we're related you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's easier than adding a new character it's much easier much, much, much use easier. the characters you've already got mm-hmm. um did this this happened after the end of Deep Space Nine so no, did Deep Space happens... Nine already over it happens in the middle of the seventh season, the final of season. Deep Space Nine. Yeah. So that means and they mentioned all the Dominion stuff and how it stretched yeah. the Federation thin, and all, which and makes sense. They yeah. mentioned at some point they mentioned that Ketracel White, somebody was mm-hmm. previously who was who the was Sona. producing Ketracel the Sona, the Sona. yeah, the Sona. So yeah. they they must have been involved with the Dominion then, because that's <laughs> the only reason. Yeah, they oh, say shit. that. Yeah, like they. They when Riker and, and Troy are doing their lookup for them, basically just like yeah, I I, I like the the metaphor that Dowerty makes, where it's basically like, Wait, like so then they're from a whole other quadrant. 
Uh, no, they are uh, an alpha quadrant, essentially connection for the Dominion. Because at this point, oh, the Dominion has settled down. And they've allied with Cardassia. They they are they are here to stay. Um, so the uh, idea that the Zona basically, you know, may catch a cell white for that, like they like the bad people, you know, like like essentially like you know, Dowry calls them like you know, essentially like oil barons, basically of of the of the old days, where it's just like, oh, really unsavory people, but we got to do business with them because reasons, you know. Um, which I think is interesting. Um, mm. But again, speaks to like the, is this moral rot within the Federation? Like, I feel like t- 10 years ago, you would not be having these conversations. Yeah, before before Wolf 359. Sure. There, yeah. And, yeah, and they also talked about the Kittimer Accords. <laughs> yeah, the second Kittimer Accord mm. being, being, being broken or whatever. Yeah. I, mm. I, the, there's only two other things that I did want to mention about this was the first, it's very different from each other. I did not like the the white dress uniforms, the cruise no. ship, the cater waiter jacket. It is very cru- yeah, it's very Don't much like very love boat. Yep. Very love boat. Yeah. It is it very, very love boat. boat. Yeah. Um, I did not like that. Uh and they talk about this area of space being called the Briar Patch. This is not the only area of space called the Briar Patch, but I I think it's a weird choice to call it the Briar Patch. Because it made me go down a a rabbit hole, rabbit hole. <laughs> as, as it were, uh, pun pun intended <laughs> about about Briar Rabbit, and I'm confused as to why they would use the term the Briar Patch. Yes, it's like a difficult place to live navigate. in and navigate yeah. and be in. Okay, sure, that makes sense. But then Riker says, "Let's use the Briar Patch the way Briar Rabbit did," and I'm like. By just like living in it and hanging out in it and surviving in the briar patch, going native. I don't like going. I feel like, yeah, I, and I, I'm I'm and I'm confused about Briar rabbits. Uh, I I don't really know much about Briar rabbits, so um, I I learned that it is uh African like old African folk tales that were sort of oh. brought over and made shared in the south. Um. Disney made a song of the South, a movie. Um, oh, isn't that the basis the, of um, their their ride that just recently got discontinued? Maybe, uh, yeah. And so I, I think country Bear has, Jamboree, and it has some parallels to um, uh, slavery mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, how you know, and surviving <laughs> in the Briar Patch. So anyway, I just think it's a. a a weird choice. I have a feeling that you I have thought that about term. those name connections more than the people who maybe wrote this movie. No, I <laughs> oh, realize I, that. I, I, but I, because they yeah. said it, it made me think about it. Yeah. I, I and that they didn't that... just say it once. They said it several times. Right. Yes, it sounded yeah. good to them, and that's why they chose it. Yeah, and it sounded like they were trying to make a point. So I'm like, what point are you trying to make? Yeah, I think that that is one of those 90s cultural artifacts because I think – uh, Briar Pratt Patch and Briar Rabbit, I think, was much more of a reference point 30 years ago than it was than it yeah. is today. And part of that Why? is because of the fact. Well, part of that, I think, is because of the fact that so Song of the South, that Disney movie, which you cannot see now, there was a time when you could see it. And there was a time when, say, the people who wrote this movie starred in this movie remembered seeing it in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and remembered and I, stories being told, uh, reading yes. stories about a rare rabbit and a tar baby, or yep, oh, yep, God. yeah, and 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 now so it's an we, actual baby made out of tar, right, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. That he and, and thinks I don't know, 
So, so it's kind of an older generation thing. I think nowadays, basically, it's just a reference that kids like yeah. just plain would not get. Partially yeah. thanks to the fact that Disney has kind of completely memory hold that movie. Um, you know, yeah. like it, it, we were still kind of at that point, we were still at the edge of just like they they had definitely gotten rid of it, but you know, its monuments were still around a little bit, and those have kind of fallen as well. So it's 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 kind of interesting like that. It's like um you've seen that episode of the simpsons when they go to um itchy and scratchy land and they're like oh yeah and they talk about uh the the president i forget what his name it's like it's like their allegory for walt disney and they're like and everything he's created has been so beautiful except for that one book he wrote called nazi supermen are our superiors yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah putting putting a hole you know trying to you know retcon that 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 memory (laughs) <laughs> Mike, Michael, do you have any sort of closing thoughts or? Uh, um... I have two things aside from the fact that just to reiterate, I really like this movie. It's a good movie that I wish that had all the pieces, I think, to be great. I think if they just kind of yeah. came together a little bit more. Uh, two moments I want to highlight. One is, um, like I said, this is concurrent with seventh season DS9. Worf is on DS9. Worf shows up in this movie. He's literally found on in the in one of the hallways. And Picard says... Mr. Worf, what the hell are you doing here? And then the camera immediately cuts to Riker and Jordy, I think, having some conversation. And as a consequence, uh, Worf's dialogue about what he's doing there is completely obscured. And I love that. I really do. Because I think, especially in a world right now where we have all these like franchises that are constantly like different things that are just like, well, this is happening on this TV show at the same time, like like your Marvel movies and everything like that. It's mapped out. It, it feels very like it can be be very intimidating and kind of unwelcoming to have all this. So I uh, going on, especially to all the references and whatnot. And this person's over here. This person's over there. I like the fact that this movie basically decides. You know what? You would never be satisfied with the reason that we would give the wolf to be here. So you know what? We're just not so, gonna. We're just. You're just so not gonna F be able you. to hear it. So 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 go fuck yourself. Who How about cares? that? You know. So who I cares? Love, I love that. I love it too. Because at the end of the day, who cares why he's there? Who cares? There? We he's just want him there. there. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's next just gen work. movie. That's why he's it's here. Just business is usually just like got in a ship and drove. Well, this is the whole reason for the final season of Picard. We just wanted all of these people together again, and we got right. it. Yeah. We clamored we for it, and it yeah. happened. You know. Yeah. We don't uh, care how we got they get there. Just get them there. Oh, I forgot another factoid. The um. Uh, Voyager ships and sets were reused for this movie mm, for yes, a lot of their were. interiors. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just a yeah, little factoid for you, quizos. I do feel like the Baku village is like, uh, they've done that village before, maybe four or five times on different planets. <laughs> like we're like, like that master society they visited where everyone's like super smart. I feel like it's mm-hmm. a very similar village to that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. I, yeah. Sorry, Michael, you had one more thought. I didn't mean one, to. One more quick little thought, actually. Um, my least favorite moment in this entire movie is when, is right after the moment that Carrie said, where it's, uh, let's use the Briar Patch the way Briar Rabbit did, where Jordy says, if this works, they're going to call it the Riker Maneuver. Jordy, don't say that. <laughs> Do not say that. That's trying to make fetch happen. Don't say that. <laughs> Stop trying to make uh, phrases happen, Jordy. Yeah. yeah, don't don't kiss up to your friend of thirty years. You don't. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't it's have to do that. Ha- it's not a thing. What is the what is the quote from Mean Girls? Like, Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going. That's to happen. what it was. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said that, and I missed it. 
I, you know, my, my, my final thoughts on this, I, I love this movie when it first came out. I love it still. Um, it's, it's, I think my favorite of this, the, the next generation movies is still first contact. I think that movie is maybe pretty unapproachable as to all the things it accomplishes in a way that this movie doesn't quite do, but I still love this movie very much. And, um, I just got to give a shout out to Donna Murphy's like gentle heroine who can't swim, who does oh, yeah. not speak above a certain decibel. She's like, <laughs> these mm-hmm. quilts were made by student artists. And I was like, she's whispering <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're all mm-hmm. leaning in to hear it. We're like, yes. I, I love. yes, I love. <laughs> I uh, did if you want to see, if you want to yeah. see a real, a real Donna Murphy performance, you got to look up her performance as Fosca and Stephen Sondheim's passion, which oh, yeah. she won the Tony for back in the nineties. She's very good at that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, where she plays a, you know, an ugly, sick woman. <laughs> it's like, I do not read to live. I do. She's, it's really good. It's just. It... <laughs> anyway, um, I love that. And uh, what else do I want to say about this? Oh, and F, I think F. Murray Abraham, basically, I feel like he maybe was phoning it in, but for him, still incredible. <laughs> yes. It does not matter. Absolutely. He's phoning it in better so, than yeah. any other actors. <laughs> like, you want to it play an ugly villain basically monologue sure I'll, um yeah Probably get the prosthetics to down the, to three hours okay i'm in the yeah. makeup chair for so long he's oh, like yeah. i'm mm-hmm. tired he's tired now <laughs> <laughs> it was i was i was i was listening to another another podcast where they were talking about um the batman and rob mob uh, batman and robin the one with arnold schwarzenegger and apparently his scenes feel so rushed because i best i guess he had put in his contract that he would only work like a certain number of hours a day and half that time he was in the makeup chair so there's all these like scenes of him in the movie like that aren't really great because yeah, they had to get it in the can and that's just like what <laughs> got shot got put in there you know? like, and i think that's hilarious um but yeah uh i love this movie we recommend you see it um if you taking away any allegories for things that are happening now you know we support that as well um and supports uh, multiple readings multiple readings um i mean i honestly i would play that monologue that that picard gives to dougherty on a loop i think that's very inspiring it hit me very differently last night when i watched Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. um and it was fun to watch this movie through the eyes of my boyfriend who had never seen it because he was also blindsided by the fact that the uh sono were actually baku he was like what i'm like yeah satisfying yeah um any, any recommendations of other things you're enjoying that are outside of the Star Trek oeuvre at the moment? Um, I just started reading, well, just started, I'm halfway through the whole series. I just started reading the um, the Three Body Problem oh, uh, yeah. and sequel books, uh, which yeah. I know came out several years ago. I'm a little bit late to the party on this. Uh, they're coming out with a Netflix series yeah. that yeah. I wanted to read the books first before that happens. And as I keep reading the books, all I can think is just like, how are how they going to do, do it? Yeah. How, how are they, they going to do, do this? this? Yeah. yeah, the people that de- get dehydrated on the planet oh, yeah. and pack yeah. themselves away. Like, how are you going to do that? Yeah, and then in okay. the in the game itself, and you're talking to Socrates, and you're like, what, what, what am I doing? Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> it's, and, and it's it's such an unsexy, unactiony premise, but yet it's still filled with dread and wonderful sci-fi ideas so yeah. i'm just like yeah how are I'm you gonna turn this into it. like a slick tv show i don't get it yeah i hope um, it just blows our minds i i, I really so. hope that they yeah. knock it out of the park because it's a so. really special yeah. book yeah mm-hmm. i think yeah uh one thing i'll say as well too uh i i, I was listening to them on audiobook um and yeah. uh i strongly enjoyed the narration for the first book um 
for the second book, since it's a global story, but very Chinese centered, uh, they're white uh, readers both times, um, different narrator, but for whatever reason, the second book, he does a lot of like, I, I don't know how else to say it other than quote unquote Chinese voices. Yeah. And it's distracting. And I did, did yeah. not care for that. Um, so, but, but yeah, yeah. And, but, but, but I'm in it at this point, basically. So I got to power through and the, the story is so compelling. You, you ignore it, but yeah, I'm saying. No, it's good. I, I believe I have re- recommended that in the past on this on this podcast. It's very yes, good. Yes, and because you, I read it, I loved it, and now Michael's reading it. Now we're gonna watch the show. We're gonna have a new podcast. Am I, am about I an influencer? It. Oh my god! <laughs> I think uh, you are an influencer, an influencer. Chris. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you guys also recommended um, something um, uh, by uh, Chuck Chuck Wendig. Um, uh, was it Wanderers? Wanderers, Wanderers. Yeah. So I'm reading a new book of, of his called uh, Black River Orchard. Ooh. Oh, um, yes. So I have that one on my list. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, Wanderers was so good. I don't know if anything is going to be as good as that. But this one's sort of about an evil apple tree. <laughs> Doesn't sound very interesting, but it is pretty good. Did you um, read also and... the sequel to Wanderers? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Good, good, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's which is called way, way, wayward, yeah, wayward. Um, and I also recommend watching the brother's son on Netflix with yeah, with our friend Michelle mm. Michelle Yo. I I enjoy that. And there is uh, one of the one of the brothers does improv. Yeah, he does. It's so really that is often talked about. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable to watch as an improviser. It's, yeah. it's, it's good, but you're also just and you're like, like, this is so dumb. Details wrong. <laughs> it's uncomfortable because of how accurate it is, actually. I know. <laughs> oh, not okay. because it's wrong. No, it's because it's right. Because it gets okay, it right. Because it's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, for oh, sure. you're on the team. Oh, what are you doing tomorrow? There's a corporate gig. Oh, you have to wait. We'll, we'll meet you at 5 a.m. It's three hours away. <laughs> exactly. All that was uh, very And uh, this, it's a lifestyle. So we meet every day and practice every day. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely real on that. Um, I second the brother-son recommendation. Um, another thing on Netflix I've been enjoying, I had never watched before, is Love on the Spectrum. It was... <gasps> Mm, yes. So wonderful and I heartwarming. I saw that. I, it hooked me. It got it got me hooked. Yeah, we watch all the American series and then all the Australian series. Mm-hmm. I, I I won't spoil. I mean, there's not much to spoil. It's just people experiencing love and dating and all yeah. those things. Uh, but there's a young gentleman who on the autism spectrum who goes on a date with a young woman who has Down syndrome, and he's sort of dominating the conversation because that's his personality. And at the end of the date, he's like, um, "I had a great time. I think you're beautiful. I think you're nice. What do you think about me?" You just like ask her and she just goes handsome. And I was like, you know what, girl, I feel you. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm here for a yeah. handsome gentleman who talks too much. And uh, yeah. I'm on board. I remember that. This girl just gave one word answers and he would go handsome. on and on and on. And what do you think about that? Yes. Great. But also just Great. like direct, you're handsome. That's what yeah. I think. And I'm on board yeah. because you're handsome. And cool. That's good enough. <laughs> That was so charming. Yes. Yeah. Relationships have certainly been forged on less, but no, it's, it's very, mm-hmm. very, very sweet. Um, and then my recommendation on the other side of things that's less sweet is a book called tell me everything, um, which is a true crime sort of, 
it's just basically trying to investigate some systemic sexual abuse and assault that goes on within like a college football system. And this woman who was trying to, as a private investigator, was trying to help this lawyer figure it out. So she's interviewing all these people. But in in this book, she interweaves her own story and experience with that. And it's um, heartbreaking and compelling and beautiful and just really richly told in a in a, in a in a great way and and it has like they 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 get the job done in the end you know it's an, it's a it's not like a a downer um i mean it's certainly heavy material but it is um i would say a very um engrossing and rich read that i would recommend so what's it called again it's called tell me everything tell me everything i think her name is kraus is the i think her last name i forget her erica kraus i think I will I will double check that, but it's very, very good. Um but yeah, on that note, I think I think we've uh we've we've recommended things. We've talked about insurrection. Sure. We're back in the saddle, my friends. Yeah. And Chris, uh, do you know any Gilbert and Sullivan we could uh I I, I <laughs> do. Well, I know a lot of I know a lot of Pirates of Penzance. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Mabel. Yes, just me. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. Sorry. Oops. I am the very you're, model of a modern major general. You're regular sideshow Bob, Chris. Oh yeah, I do love that's that's a great episode of The Simpsons too. <laughs> will you sing all of all of the <laughs> HMS Yeah. Well, yes, I will send you to heaven before I send you to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Excellent. So good. That for me, that's Kelsey Grammer's best work is Sideshow Bob. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Certainly not this Frasier reboot. Anyway, um <laughs> uh, that sure is a show. Uh, that's a show. Yeah. Um anyway, on that note, thank you so much for joining us at the Prime Subjective. And we'll see you next time.